Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheese Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. Hey, it's Sparky Fighter, 1250 AM, The Fan, live streaming on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. As always, you can always go back and uh, watch us if you want to look at us, but there's a reason we work in radio. Uh, Ryan Horvath is over there. Follow him uh, at Ryan Horvath. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Uh, Curtin Law, you can download that, of course, on your Odyssey app or anywhere you download your favorite podcasts. At I always tell people, just use the Odyssey app for all your podcasts because then you can see all my interviews and stuff that I do on the 1250amthefan.com website uh, as well. And those get posted uh, throughout the week. That's that's my suggestion. Uh, Packers uh, getting closer to training camp starting while other teams are kind of going today. Uh, Paul Brettel put a great thing on uh, Twitter. Quarterbacks, rookies, and injured players for the Packers report today. Um, and then we start talking about pup lists, NFI lists, um, and so forth, kind of now going into training camp. But some players starting to trickle in uh, to Green Bay uh, to get going, which is always fun. And then with this, this podcast really is going to pick up steam then once we get into training camp, because then there's really going to be stuff to talk about each and every day. Players will be talking. Coaches will be talking. Writers and bloggers will have stuff and content coming out of both ears uh, as far as Packer football goes kind of going forward. And uh, before we get into our first topic involving Aaron Rodgers, possibly trolling everybody, did this offseason go fast for you, Ryan Horvath, uh, NFL offseason? No, I hate every other sport. So it's been the longest <laughs> season in my life. Like the NBA <laughs> is almost unwatchable, right? <laughs> I'm a Cubs fan, so baseball season. I mean, they were unwatchable last night. That Cardinals Cubs game was brutal last night. Yeah, don't so bad. I bet them too because Stroman was on the mound. So no, man, I'm ready for. I need college football. Like I'm counting down the days as we record here. 37 days, 13 hours, uh, 45 minutes, and 16 seconds. I have a clock on my wall. Week zero of college football. Going to be doing a college football show on Saturdays this year for the oh, network. Pretty excited about that night. Yeah, they haven't announced it yet, but I'm just going to throw it out there because people keep asking me about it. And then this week we did all of our conference. That means we'll, but wait a second. This is breaking news. That means Ryan Horvath's officially back on 1250 AM The Fan because we carry BetQL on Saturday and Sundays on WSSP. Bart Winkler gets mad because he fills on CBS Sports Radio on the weekends. I don't carry him. We carry BetQL on Saturday and Sundays. So that means you'll be able to hear Ryan Horvath in Milwaukee now. So do we know the time slot yet or aren't we sure yet? It'll be before games or after games. What is it? No, no, before games because I'm going to be watching the games. I'm not – I hate broadcasting during the games. I mean, I love my job, but like during football. But at GM tonight, you're on during the games, right? 
Yeah, 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 and that's fine. Like two, like it's two standalone games per week is fine. Right. But I don't want to work like Saturdays, Sundays. I love football way too much. I would quit and and find a a job where I didn't have to work Saturdays, Sundays if I ever had to work during football. I can't, I can't work during Packer games, Sparky, and I can't work during Notre Dame games. And now I, it's going to be tough enough to work during Jet games because now I have my mistress team in the AFC for the next, I believe, two years. We'll talk about that later with Aaron yeah. Rodgers. But uh, yeah, so nine to ten, I believe Eastern time, which would be so eight to nine. You guys, right? Yeah, eight to nine our time. So that's the first BetQL show on Saturday mornings because BetQL yeah. programming starts at eight a.m. So yeah, that all right then. Very that's good. Cool. I said we do a tremendous job with the NFL on Sundays with Ken and Nick, who are tremendous, and I know Ostrowski will probably be doing another Sunday show this year for football content. But I said we got to step up the college football content yes. for us diehards like me. You know, who want to watch Pitt win seven games and make us a bunch of money. Maybe they want to watch Kansas not win seven games and make us a bunch of money. So I'm excited about that. But no, the offseason's going slow. And then, of course, I love the NFL. Like, I love college football because there's so many games. But everybody's always like, are you more of a college guy? And sometimes I answer yes. Sometimes I'm like, no, it depends. You know what I mean? Because, like, I love them both equally. It's like It's like asking me, you know, like, who do I love more, my mom or my dad or my grandma or my grandpa? That one's actually pretty easy. Like, I love my grandma way more than I love my grandpa. I'll tell that. That's not nice. He, 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 I mean, he knows. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like if you have two kids, Sparky, it's like I only have one. I never wanted to have another kid because I always knew I got it right the first time. I made a perfect child, you know, and because uh, he's nothing like me when I was a kid. He's more like, right. like he's got like the perfect mixture. And so I was always like, I don't want to make another one. We don't want to have another kid because like, I won't like him or her as much. I just won't. I'll always like Nathan more. So that's how I feel about the NFL and college football. Offseason is taking forever. And I'm so excited, man, because, you know, I was initially pissed because Aaron Rodgers, I wanted him to finish his career in Green Bay. And I think he really wanted that. But then his feelings were hurt. Uh, he wants to prove everybody wrong, prove he still got it. I think he's also going through a little bit of a midlife crisis. We'll talk about that here as well. Yep. But uh, I'm excited to see what he has left in the tank. And then I'm excited for Jordan Love. He's a good kid. He's waited his turn. He hasn't been, you know, uh, a nuisance in the locker room, you know, I guess, uh, you know, because he was a first round pick. So he wants to play. You know, I'm excited because who knows? Maybe they're an 11 win team. Maybe they're a three win team and they're drafting Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, it's, it's like Aaron Rodgers said last year, right? Uh, the future is a beautiful mystery. I, uh, I've always heard the, you know, everybody has that one person for him. And sometimes you have more than one person for you in life, right? Sometimes, right? People get married, divorced, oh, five, yeah. six, seven times, whatever. Crazy people. Um, but, but you really, I, 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 your wife is just, to allow you to have some dumb college football countdown clock in plain view for everybody to look at is psychotic, number one. Number two, the fact that you just disappear, <laughs> literally, he ain't even joking. On Saturday and Sunday, he like, his wife and kid like live their own life during football season. And then Ryan finds out about it, you know, at some point during the week when there's nothing going on during the day, she tells him, Oh yeah, we did that. This, we did this, this weekend. And da, 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 da. Oh, sounds nice. Let me tell you about the Pittsburgh game. I was watching. Oh yeah. crap. Mark, you know, it's funny. So yesterday and people, even like, even like degenerate gamblers and people on our own network, like my buddies, they think I'm crazy too with college football, because here we are, as we record Friday, July 21st, 12, 15 PM. And like, so Costos hit me Eastern up yesterday day. and he's like, Hey, do you got any college football? We were going to see if you wanted to pop on the show today. And I was like, do I have any college football? And I send him this, which is my win total list. Right. 
These are all my win totals. So somebody can screenshot this, get all my bets if they want. Oh my God. So he's like, okay. And then even Ken's like, I only have one win total bet. And I was like, oh, I have like 35. And it sucks though, because then people ask me my best bets when we get to like August and people want to make these bets. Like I just told you, I like Kansas to go under six and a half wins. But now, like, that's already been hit, so it's down to five and a half. I kind of like them to go over five and a half. So sometimes I play back on the market. So I'm that's curious on something, cool. only yeah. because I love Leopold. So why do you think they cool. they why do you think they're not going to be that good? Oh, I'm so glad that even on the Packers podcast, you're going to allow me to talk about this because I feel like well, I don't know. People if- listen to the Packer podcast probably know Leopold from his days at Whitewater in Wisconsin and so forth. And being head coach, there's probably people that listen to podcasts that are friends with Leopold still and whatever. So I think yeah. there's legit interest in Kansas because of Leopold. All right, just off the top of my head, let yeah. me tell you why I had to play the under. One, it was plus 145 when I played it. Again, I want to go under five and a half, and I agree. I love Lance. I think he's one of the top coaches in the country. Look what he did at Kansas, man. Their yep. win total, though, the last couple of years has been one, one and a half. This is a oh huge adjustment. Yeah, like they weren't predicted to win three games last year, Spark. And, and so now we're going up to a three and a half win adjustment, and everybody's going to love him because of the offense. I love the offense. Jalen The quarterback is back. Yeah, Jalen Daniels is great. Ten starters are back on offense. Seven, I believe, on defense. But that's the problem. I don't like the defense. They gave up 35 points yeah, per game. Horrible. Uh, they had also like they had a lot of luck. They had three upset wins to start five and zero, oh, and then down the stretch when they stepped up in class, they went one and seven, and they had to go one and seven just to make their first bowl game since 2009. Now their schedule really moves up, you know, because they're not a two-win team anymore. They're playing Illinois, BYU, Texas, Central Florida, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Cincinnati. Just a brutal schedule. So I don't see seven oh, wins. Up. I don't – I mean, I was paying attention in, in my mind kind of going through that. That's not horrible, horrible. I mean, Bielman, Illinois, yeah, whatever about good. that. You know, Iowa State. You're okay. here. They're good. Who? Iowa State, you know, obviously is Iowa State. But, I mean, I don't know. It's I don't know. I guess I'm not as freaked out by it as you are. I agree with you, though, that their defense sucked last year horribly. Um, And I don't know how much better they actually get this year, what adjustments they make. Same coaching staff. Like, I don't think he made any changes on the coaching staff. Same guys he had, I think, at... Whitewater that followed him to Buffalo that followed him to Kansas. This guy's very loyal. They 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 follow him and they roll with him wherever he goes. So we'll see. All right, probably should talk some Packers. We're almost ten minutes into the podcast, but we're not. Uh, do we think Aaron Rodgers learned from last year or is he trolling? I mean, we are, but we aren't because we're talking about Rodgers and the Jets now. So he talked oh. uh, at training camp yesterday. Uh, it's different. It's, you know, it's not going to 1265 Lombardi way going to the Jets now. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Whatever. So then this is the great part. Here's one of the quote. Rogers admitted that he hasn't always been this nurturing as far as having patience with these uh, players that are making mistakes. These circumstances are far different than Green Bay, as it says in this ESPN article. The four-time MVP recognizes the importance of trying to galvanize a potentially explosive offense. Quote, I feel like I've grown a lot over the years. Yeah, I would say earlier in my career, I was a little bit more easily angered. I feel like I'm a little less triggered as I've gotten older. End quote. Let's start there and work our way through this article, shall we? Ryan Horvath, you yourself said he probably almost single-handedly destroyed Romeo Dobbs' confidence last year by doing what he did to Dobbs throughout the course of the year. Now, he may think that he's better, 
And maybe he is better. I mean, I wasn't in the locker room. I wasn't, you know what, every single training camp practice with him dressing down receivers. I find it hard to believe he was dressing down Donald Driver or Greg Jennings or anybody else of the sort at any point uh, because they were veterans and he was still coming along. Uh, but having said that, I uh, I think this is cute because we're in training camp. I don't think this is going to translate when they get into the regular season. You know, you get to week four, week five, if guys are still making mistakes in this offense, and by the way, he said that it's an offense that he and the offensive quarter, Nathaniel Hackett, are sharing. They asked Lazard, and Lazard said, this is Rodgers' offense. This ain't anybody else's offense. We're running Aaron Rodgers' offense. So, again, yeah. says one thing, and Lazard knows the real answer. They're running what Aaron wants to run here, obviously, going forward. How much do you think he has changed, uh, Ryan Horvath, since when he started at quarterback from Green Bay to what we saw last year as far as from a patience perspective, getting angry at his guys, uh, all the gestures that go along with being Aaron Rodgers, a.k.a. Jay Cutler Jr. What, 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 what do you think? Well, he's getting older, and the older we get, you of all people should know this, you become a little bit more calm, right? You I have kids. to become a little – you try to become a little bit more patient. Yes. But here's the thing. Same for myself. Like, I have anger issues. I don't have – my wife Same. tells me all the time, I'm not patient. That's that's my biggest – that's my Achilles heel, I guess, in life is I have no patience. I'm not patient with people. And here's the thing. You get older, you become more patient. You learn to – you choose when to pick your battles especially – so, yeah, Rodgers has probably grown a little bit as a person. He's a little bit older. He's a little bit more mellow. And now he knows, like, he's in a locker room where everybody's, like, 24, 23, 22, 25 years old. He's the old man in the locker room. So he has to be the leader. He wants to win a Super Bowl. So here's the thing. He's patient right now because he's putting in his own offense right now with some new players. Obviously, they're all new players. This is a new team. Um, he's saying the right things. But the minute that – you know, uh, Garrett Wilson or somebody else runs the wrong route, even Alan Lazard, he's going to bitch him out on the sideline. Like, I try to be patient, too. The minute a commercial break or something doesn't fire, and it's just been one of those weeks and it's a Thursday and you're just tired as hell yep. and sitting in traffic, maybe there's going to be a blow-up. So I like, this stuff has never bothered me. I'll never forget James Jones on Monday Night Football ran the wrong route. Rodgers threw a rare pick six, I believe. It was against Chicago. I don't know if it went for six, but he threw a pick. And Rodgers laid into him on national TV in front of everybody. The next year, James Jones led the NFL in touchdown receptions, I believe, with 13. So yeah. sometimes guys like need that, though. You know, Brady MFs his offensive line all the time. Chris not Sims, his receivers. But not his receivers like he does the so, offensive line. Well, Manning the same Go back and watch that last year in New England when he was throwing the ball to a bunch of garbage men. The way that Rod, you know, not that Dobbs and Watson aren't going to be solid players. They were kids. He's too old and crabby to be playing with all this kid, these kids. The difference is now with the Jets, he brings over his veteran boys and Cobb and Lazard again, and he's playing with kids. But like that kid is Garrett Wilson, and I know I, I know we like love Dobbs and we love right. Christian Watson, but I'll I'll take Garrett Wilson. Okay, so over all of them. So this is what led to the whole conversation was because Garrett Wilson screwed up in practice. Uh, Rogers pulled aside Garrett Wilson on the field for a brief conversation Thursday after the second year receiver said he, quote, busted a play, noting that Rogers calmly explained what should have happened on the play. Lazard, another former Packer, said Rogers is, quote, opening his arms, putting his hand out, trying to help guys, trying to teach. 
end quote, said Lazard. That's not to say he was hard to play with in Green Bay. He was a little more like, you have to pick it up. Here, he's a little bit slower here in realizing there's a lot of new players. He's taking his time. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing how much he cares for those guys and how much he really just wants to put the icing on the cake as far as his career. Let's stop there. Let me say something really quick before you go. Okay, here's what I look at this like, right? After a while, Rodgers was in Green Bay for how many years? Like he was the king of the castle, to quote the great Dave Matthews, who I'm going to see once again tomorrow. Concert number 30, Spark. I know you're excited. But here's what happens, man. Even like when I was at SSP and it was like year five and we'd bring in these like producers. Right. You know, you don't bully them, but like you're the man around there. So if they screw something up and you get in trouble, if a young kid screws something up and Rodgers throws a pick, has a double-digit pick season – loses football games, has his legacy question, like you're going to get pissy and you're going to yell at guys and you're going to remind the management like, I've done my job for 19 years, get me some help. Or, hey, new guy, Gudikins, I was here longer than you. You know what I mean? Like the other guy drafted me. I've won a Super Bowl. What have you ever done? You know, even him and LaFleur were boys. I don't, there was never any bad blood between LaFleur. I know this. I hate to be like sources guy, but I mean like, you know, Stenovich and, and my buddies are best friends. So, like, I, I, they all love Darren Rodgers, the coaching staff. So, anything that you're going to read about that is going to be BS. The coaching staff, LaFleur, trust me, LaFleur loves Aaron Rodgers. I think he probably wishes Rodgers was back. Not that he doesn't love Jordan, but I don't think there was, like, bad blood. I think at times they disagreed, and I think Rodgers changed play calls, and I think Rodgers never really forgave him or trusted him again after he pulled him off the field and kicked that field goal against Tampa. But I think they still probably are going to talk like twice a week and love each other. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he was there for so long that he was like the senior. He was like the six-year senior, like the Van Wilder in college. Like, he was the man. So he became really comfortable. That last year, too comfortable. Now in New York, like, yeah, he's the man, but he's new in the building and all eyeballs are on him. It's not just Damaski and Willie. And, you know, way uh, more, way more media coverage, New York media. It's Connor, whatever his name is. It's, you know, Carton and plug and Doug and WFAN and mad dog and Mike dog and all them out there, man. So they're on his ass 24 seven. So right now he's on his best behavior. They start one and four. You don't, you don't think he's going to be moping on that sideline or undressing everybody on that sideline. I mean, right now, and the cameras are there for hard knocks. He's going to be on his best behavior. Yep. This is like me when Mitch is in town. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing, though. Like, d- did he learn or didn't he learn? B- because for, for me, it's, okay, Aaron, this is all about the young guys. And this is all about you getting to know the young guys. Then play in the preseason. Go play. I think Brady, he does. Played for, Brady played for Tampa Bay in the preseason when he got there because he needed reps and he wanted to play with those guys and get as many reps as possible for the season. You didn't think you needed the reps. Oh, preseason, it's overrated. Ah, I can get all that in, in training camp. I don't need to play games. That's stupid. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Well, that didn't go swimmingly well for you last year. So let's see what happens come preseason. Let's see if he, and I'm not saying go play two quarters or even three quarters. Play a quarter. Play two drives with Garrett Wilson and, and your your starting line and your skies. Be like, we're going to play a quarter. For three three games, we're going to play a total of three quarters. We're going to play the first quarter in each game, and that's all we're going to play. Whatever that ends up being in the second quarter, I'm out, and I'll watch the rest of the way. And then Zach Wilson gets in there, and if yeah. I was the Jets, I'd be like, here's a headset, Aaron. You're helping coach this kid. 
uh, through preseason uh, to try and get him right. Because the plan is, I think, that Wilson's going to be the starting quarterback again once Rodgers retires. Like, I don't think they've given up on that. I think they're hoping Rodgers can teach him and get him to where he has to be so Wilson can step in and be the quarterback again. So not only does he got to deal with the wide receivers that are young and the tight ends and the running back and everybody else, he's also got to kind of mentor his replacement in a weird way, similar to Jordan Love, but different in the aspect that they didn't draft him, like the Packers drafted Jordan Love to replace Aaron Rodgers. He's got a lot going on here on his plate that he's got a balance that he should have been doing last year in Green Bay that he chose not to, Ryan Horvath. And that's why I ask, now, did he learn from last year or is he kind of just trolling Packer fans right now? And to your point, the hard knocks camera thing, I never even thought about that. You know, maybe that's kind of what this all is. You know, if the cameras aren't there, are we getting the same 12? I don't know. I don't think he's trolling. I don't think he cares about the Packer fans or the Packers. I mean, yeah, sure, he probably wants to, like, prove him wrong. What do you think if you're Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson right now? If you're Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson, you read this crap and you see it on TV, him saying what he's saying. And Lazard saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, he's he knows these are young guys and he's got to work with them. And you're those two. Aren't you I'd, pissed? Because I'd, I'd be say, pissed. I'd say, like, yeah, I mean, I'd be like a 22, 23-year-old kid and I'd be like, screw that old man. We don't right? need him anymore. He's washed. Yes. Jordan loves our boy. Well, yeah, so man, this is, I'd be pissed. So this is what I'm saying. So, like... Now it's like, who cares about Aaron Rodgers? Who cares if he's trolling? I mean, I do. But if you're a Packers fan and you're all like, Horvat is a Rodgers fan. He's not a Packer fan. False. I could be both. But, like, I do care about Rodgers. But I hear about everybody else like, oh, what did Christian Watson think? What does Romeo Dobbs think? Who cares? Jordan loves the quarterback. Like, who cares what my ex-girlfriend thinks about what I'm doing with my life as long as my wife is. No, 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 no. Stop. Time out. Time out. I want to interject here if we're going to go to real life stuff and compare this to Rodgers, right? Yeah. So what if it's this? Okay. What if it's you're with your wife now, right? And let's say you get divorced and she goes off to do her thing and meets a new guy, whatever happens, or she meets nobody, but you, you find a new love of your life and you find a new lady that you're with and down with everything else. And all of a sudden, you're no longer watching all the college football games you did. All of a sudden, you and her are going out and doing stuff on the weekends. You're not watching as much NFL. And she finds out that all of this is going on. You wouldn't do it for her, but you're doing it for this new one. You don't think she'd be pissed off? Yes, it's over, but the stuff that you wouldn't do for her, you're doing for this new girl, she'd be pissed off. I promise you, she'd be pissed. And this is essentially what's going on with Rodgers right now. Keep talking. Keep talking. I'm going to tell you why... I wouldn't be pissed and why she shouldn't be pissed and what I recommend. I'll keep talking. He just walked away from the from the computer. I, I got a here's another quote from Aaron Rodgers. I love being around the young energy, the excitement. There's a great feel to this team. Guys who are young and super talented on their first contracts, many of them. When you have so many great players on rookie deals, it's pretty exciting knowing you can do something. You've got a good window. It's not just a one-year thing where you can be competitive, which is fun. Find me that quote from Green Bay last year. Find me him saying anything close to that in training camp last year for the Packers. Go find it. Get out of here, man. That is just nuts. No way. The subtle part of not giving up. To pull pull my own Aaron Rodgers, here's why. Because I would be out of her life. Why would she have to worry about what I'm doing with my new girl, what college football I'm watching or not watching? Guaranteed. We could find a new man. Maybe she doesn't need a man. Maybe she... Really, uh, maybe she takes up a new hobby. Maybe she gets into tennis. Maybe she gets into 
I don't know. Kayak. Ryan, she's going to hear about it. You have a kid. Like, she would hear about it. Oh, yeah. Dad and me and her went out on Saturday. What do you went out on Saturday? Doesn't Dad watch college football? Oh, not as much anymore with his new girl. No, that doesn't happen as much. Well, now, okay, now, we're, getting, now we're getting wild here. This I'm is just like- telling you. This, but this is what this is. You brought the, the real life stuff. This is what this is with Rodgers. Like, the, his kids essentially being in Green Bay going, Dad didn't treat us like that. And now he's got these new kids, a new family, and he's spoiling them and being all patient. We didn't get that treatment from Dad, right? That's, that's, that's what it is. I'm making Ryan pull his hair out. Yeah. That's why you listen to Kurt and Long because you don't know where we're no. going. No, here's what here's what happened here, okay? Rodgers last year was pissed because he thought he was going to go back for the one last dance because they used the franchise tag on Devontae Adams. He thought Devontae was coming back. Then he finds out Devontae's not coming back. The rest of that wide receiver room, not very good because MVS is a chief. He's not coming back either. He turns down money to go back to Green Bay and goes and plays with Mahomes. Then they draft three rookie receivers. You knew that was going to – or two rookie receivers. That was going to piss Rodgers off because – the last time they no, did that. three. Before. Samari Toure from Nebraska. Yeah. You're right, three. Yeah. yeah. Just like they did last time, three rookie wide receivers. MVS, St. Brown, and Jamon Moore. And that year they stunk too. And then you bring Still in the corpse. Moore like so he was pissed off last year. Now this year, you know, he had this offseason where he was in a cave. He's doing whatever else he's doing at LSD conventions. He's a new man. And he's going through a little bit of a midlife crisis, I think, as well. So we'll see what All he right. does. Man. I'm rooting for him, though. And I'm rooting for Jordan Love. I can root for both of those guys. Rodgers gave us you 18 can. good years. Jordan Love hopefully could give us 18 good years now. But, you know, if the Packers don't win a Super Bowl, and somebody somebody else has to win a Super Bowl, right? Why why not have a beer and Rodgers? Dude, yep. like, died on the field 100 times for the Packers. I mean, remember when Julius Peppers killed him? Remember yes. when he broke his leg and came back out there to beat the Bears? Remember when he made an open field tackle on Brian Urlacher? Like, that was the same game that Peppers killed him. Like, he played through so many injuries, rushed back from a collarbone injury, rushed back, you know, even though they lost to Carolina that one year and they had, like, a 1% chance to make the playoffs. It's hard to root against that guy, so. All right, let's uh, move on to the second topic. This was really good. Dominique Foxworth, remember him, former NFL a DB, uh, has the Dominique Foxworth show, I guess. Never listened to it. Yeah. Uh, but either way, uh, he has it. And Great, great plug. Yeah. And never listened to it, he says. I never listened to it. David know it even existed. I know who he is. I know he's a smart dude, and I've heard him talk on player issues before on TV and so forth. So I'm not saying, you know, but I don't. Listen, we do a podcast. Do I listen to podcasts? No. Uh, but uh, I know they exist and people do listen to them. And that's why we're doing this because a lot of you listen to it. So we appreciate you listening to Curd and Log. I, I will tell you that. Um, yeah, I'm, oh, never mind. I was about to go off on a tangent about something else. All right. So Dominic Foxworth. Now I'm going to hold this phone up to my uh, up to the microphone here, mainly because I couldn't figure out how to work my own computer to get the audio into StreamYard. So here we go. This is this is Dominic Foxworth uh, from his Twitter account at Foxworth24 of what he put out. Now, they were talking about running backs not getting a fair amount of money. And he educated me on something that I did not know even ever existed. I've never heard of this. I did a show with Gary Ellerson, former Packer running back, and Leroy Butler, future, well, not, not future, current Pro Football Hall of Famer. Neither one have ever brought up what Dominique Foxworth brought up, even existing. Check this out again from Dominique Foxworth uh, on his podcast. I think I honestly have a perfect solution 
for the issue with running back. So for those who don't know, it's been ongoing for several years now, probably 10 plus years. The game moves away from running backs uh, being as important. It's easier to replace running backs. They get wear and tear. So what ends up happening is running backs don't get big contracts. It's in the news a lot now because of Saquon, Josh Jacobs. We saw it with um, Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey, which their value is not fully uh, reached or paid because of the market for running backs. You can see that the salaries have climbed for every position in all of football, except for running backs. They are moving at a slower pace. And I think even the franchise number might be lower. It's gone down since yeah, 2015, which is absurd <laughs> considering the way the cap has grown. So how do you solve this problem? You ask, you didn't ask that, but I know you were thinking it. I am. <laughs> all right. So, there's a pool of money that I don't think many people know about called the performance-based pay pool. I had never heard of this yeah. until 20 minutes ago. Yeah, so performance-based pay pool is a lump sum of money that the league has set aside to compensate players who have outperformed their contract. And what tends to happen is it's a player who's a late-round draft pick or something. It's a bunch of players who are late-round draft picks who ends up playing a lot of downs, and they end up getting – Big checks. I was that guy when I played for the Broncos. I was a third-round pick of rookie. I ended up playing so much that my performance-based pay was higher than my actual salary. So I got one check that was higher than the whole salary I had all year. So obviously, since I benefited from it and lots of players like that deserve to benefit from it, my argument is not that we should take that away from them, but that pool is $336 million. That's crazy. In 2019, it was $230 million. It's continuing to grow. I think that they should set aside a portion of it that is designated for running backs, or at least there should be some benchmarks that you have to reach over the course of a couple of years, maybe even three years. If you meet these performance benchmarks and these playtime benchmarks, then you unlock this performance-based pay bonus that is only play payable to running backs who've reached these benchmarks. Okay, so there you go. There is Dominique Foxworth. Did you ever know this pool of money existed? Did you ever know these guys were getting checks outside of the actual team? I did not know that. No, I never heard of that. He said his rookie year as a third round draft pick, he paid, played so much. He got a check bigger than his actual salary for that year uh, from the Patriots or wherever he was playing. That, that, that blew my mind. I've never heard of that. So um, how much did Sam Shields get back in the day? He was undrafted, right? So yeah. these guys that get a, a ton of playing time and, you know, it doesn't match up. However, whatever formula they use, $336 million is just sitting there strictly to write out additional money to NFL players on top of whatever they're getting paid. So the Packers don't pay Aaron Jones this money. He would get a check from the National Football League zone. Hey, you way surpass what your value is in our opinion. Here's an additional $2 million or $3 million or whatever it is. It doesn't count against the Packer salary cap. It doesn't count against anything. It doesn't come out of Mark Murphy's Packer coffers money-wise. It comes from the actual damn league. Yeah, That's amazing, number one. Good for the Players Association, whoever negotiated this deal in, because that must come from revenue split, must be based on how much money goes into this pool. I love this idea, especially if you're saying it's over a two or three years deal where, okay, if you average, you know, 10 or 12 touchdowns a year and you average 1500 yards a year or whatever, you get an additional $5 million or $3 million or whatever the case may be. I think that would be a great way to kind of solve the salary cap issue. And these teams not wanting to pay running backs top dollar, like they pay wide receivers.
Yeah, I like that. You know, I mean, like if you're like, let's say, uh, David Montgomery, for example, and you go into that Detroit offense, it's like you get set amount of money if you go over eight touchdowns, if you score eight touchdowns this season, because he's going to be a goal line back. Right. It's probably not fair for some running backs because not every running back is going to get those touches in the red zone and not everybody's going to break like, you know, 40 and 50 yard runs. But let's say like for one guy, it's, hey, if you go over 800 yards rushing, 1200 yards rushing. Yeah, you set it different for each player and you could have that in their deal. I do like that because I don't know how else you solve this problem. Right. And like, here's the thing. Guys aren't going to want to play running back anymore. Guys already like it, a couple of years ago, it was. Well, you got to be able to catch balls out of the backfield. You got to be like a Reggie Bush, Christian McCaffrey type back. Right. Because, you know, even like I remember that last year, Jonathan Taylor was at Wisconsin. He wanted to catch more balls out of the backfield. That was one of the reasons, I guess, that nobody really, you know, A.J. Dillon was being projected as a fourth or fifth round pick was because he never caught balls out of the backfield at Boston College. But you saw that he could do it. He did it last year in Green Bay. So now it's like our guy's going to want to play running back anymore. Very important position still. Right. Yeah. Like, a good point also has been made that you look at these Super Bowl champion teams, and even like last year, Isaiah Pacheco, solid back, but he yep. wasn't a hundred yard rusher. These guys, they're not. They're, you know, like these Super Bowl teams don't have thousand yard rushers. They're not paying these top running backs because you have to pay a quarterback. And every team that wins a Super Bowl either has a great quarterback or a really good defense, or you're paying pass rushers. You have to pay tackles, so you can't afford to pay running backs. So I think this is probably the best way to do it. I do like this idea if the league was able to make it work. And these guys do deserve their money. I hear people like, oh, Saquon doesn't deserve this money. Dalvin Cook doesn't deserve this money. They're running into brick walls, you know, head first every single week. Right. 350-pound nose tackles. So yeah. uh, I think they deserve to get paid, but I get why, you know, t- teams don't want to pay them, though, because then you can't you know, like even like look at the Bengals, for example. Are they even going to be able to pay T. Higgins, who's one of the better receivers in the league, because they're going to have to pay Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow? You still have to have a defense, even if you have a great offense. Look at you know, how many how many Super Bowl rings does Rodgers have if he has the Patriots defense? You know what I mean? So uh, I like this idea. I as never a Colts fan as a Colts fan and a Packers fan. I'm loving the idea of T. Higgins playing in Indianapolis uh, once that deal becomes available and putting him with Michael Pittman on the other side with Richardson at quarterback, JT at running back, and let's get it. Yeah, I'm all about that. T. Higgins and his speed with Richardson and that cannon. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I'd be interested in seeing if Green Bay would even consider doing that. With Rodgers' contract off the books. Can't have him. Not allowed to have him. Could have had T. Higgins. He drafted Jordan Love. Can't have him. Don't be bitter. You're so bitter about this whole T. Higgins, Jordan Love thing. You can have T. Higgins. You can have both of them. You can have Jordan Love throwing to T. Higgins. What's better than that? No, because I haven't forgiven him for T. Higgins. Because if you have T. Higgins, Rodgers isn't forcing it to Devontae Adams three straight. Yes, he is. You need to stop. T. Higgins' development never happens the same way it did with Joe Burrow. Never happens. Yes, it does. No way. Nope. He never would have given him the opportunity for it to happen. He wouldn't have gotten his opportunity until Devontae left. He put up numbers the year that Joe Burrow blew out his knee early on against the uh, Commanders. We're talking about 12. And his love affair with certain guys. We all know uh, this he, exists. You would have loved T. Higgins. Trust me, dude. Okay. Because he doesn't on. trust equanimous St. Brown and Jamon Moore and in Romeo Dobbs. We're comparing that to T. Higgins now. Get out of here. All right, let's move on. Justin Fields' latest comments. This has been an ongoing thing with me because I'm sick of all the Justin Fields hype. Uh, this one is pretty good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Justin Fields uh, said on the AT covered podcast against, uh, is that against the spread covered pod? I, I don't know what it's called. AT covered pod. That's them on Twitter. 
uh, talking about he'll be the first quarterback in team history to throw for over 4,000 yards in a single season. Quote, I will. I plan on doing it this year, too. I plan on doing it this year. Fields passed for 2,242 yards in 15 games last season. I was listening to 670, the score out of Chicago this morning on my drive in to do the Curtin Long podcast. They were yeah. laughing at the Justin Fields comments as well. Um, and they had one or two guys that were kind of saying, oh, yeah, maybe. Uh, then there were a couple other guys going, come on, man. He, he cracked 200 yards twice last year. Now you're saying he's going to go to 4,000 yards? Who else? Is their point was driving in this morning was, there's going to have to be multiple thousand yard wide receivers if he's going to get to 4,000. So, okay, fine. So DJ Moore's one. Okay, fine. That's one. So who's the other one? Mooney. Cole, Cole Gomet, uh, Mooney. Like who's the other guy that that's going to be that thousand wide receiver. I, I'm not a bears fan. I think the Justin Fields hype is stupid. Um, so I'm definitely not on the 4,000 yard campaign at all. I think 3000 yards, I think is an attainable goal. Maybe now that he's got a real number one wide receiver, uh, but I'm definitely not at 4,000 yards throwing. That, that's a big leap. You're talking about doubling production through the air on top of what he does on the ground. If he puts up 4,000 yards and runs like he did last year, he'll be an MVP candidate. I, I can't imagine that happens. What do you say, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, uh, see, I hate that Justin Fields – this is what I said, man. I hate that Justin Fields got drafted by the Bears because at Ohio State, I love Justin Fields. And even then – you know, because he was coming out with Trevor Lawrence, people were making the case against Justin Fields and why he was going to drop in the draft. And, you know, I just – people call him a running back. In Ohio State, and granted, like, here's the thing, it's that offense. It's the Ryan Day offense where everybody's wide open. And you look at the receivers he was throwing to. But he could make all the throws. Here's been the problem in Chicago. Terrible play calling. Year one, Matt Nagy didn't even want him on the field. He was running the Andy Dalton offense. You know, the last couple of years, how do you evaluate Justin Fields – and how do you laugh when he comes out and has any confidence and says, I'm going to throw for 4,000 yards? Yeah, I think he can, to be honest with you. I think he has a bounce back. I think he – I'm not going to say a bounce back here. I think he has a monster year because I like DJ Moore a lot. Um, Chase Claypool I don't love, but he's a decent three. I like Mooney. I like Cole Clement. But the problem for Justin Fields hasn't just been the weapons. It was that offensive line that belonged in the USFL sure. last season. They gave yep. up 58 sacks. That was the fourth most in the league, I believe. So this year they bring in Nate Davis and you draft Darnell Wright. You fix that offensive line. No quarterback could play behind a crappy offensive line. I think he's going to be able to push the ball down the field a little bit more, like I said, with DJ Moore. Um, yeah, I'm not rooting for the Bears or anything, but I like Justin Fields. I think he's going to have a good year. Very good. He is Ryan Horvat. Follow him on Twitter. Ryan Horvat. Bet MGM tonight. And breaking news on the Curtin Long Podcast, a college football show uh, that you'll hear on WSSP on Saturday mornings from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central uh, coming up. Uh, when does that start? Middle of August or so? Or when are we starting this? It's a great question. Definitely before week zero. I know that because week zero, big week. You get Notre Dame playing and you get uh, USC. Ooh, good one. Oh, that'll be really not, good. not against each other, but they're oh, just both. I was way more excited about Notre well, Dame that's, that's later on in the year. That's that's not till October. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, all right, there he is, Ryan Horvath. Follow him on Twitter, Ryan Horvath. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. We'll be back doing this all over again on Monday, uh, and we'll be closer to training camp. Good stuff. Have a good one, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>